It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Financial Times podcast in association with City Index. Pension income is cut again. Why the Bank of England is now making matters worse. Investments are becoming too costly and complex, but there's now a chance the Treasury may intervene. And with high street interest rates not getting better, could Virgin buying Northern Rock make banking more competitive? All this to come in this week's award-winning FT Money Show. I think I'm allowed to say that because uh, our producer, Lucy Warwick-Ching, picked up several awards last night at the Santander uh, uh, Media Award Ceremony, including some for this show. But uh, I'm Matthew Vincent, and I'll be uh, giving you this lowdown uh, on all of these money matters in downloadable form with my other colleagues from FT Money, Joe Cumbo. Hello. And Elaine Moore. Hello. And our special studio guest, David Norman, founder of Asset Manager TCF Investments. Good morning. Let's start then with the money news. Last Friday, the yield on 10-year UK government bonds, or gilts, dropped to 2.106%, the lowest level since the government started issuing these bonds in the 1950s. Then this week, the 15-year gilt yield fell to 2.58%, another new low. And this number matters a lot. It not only determines how much annuity you can buy with your pension fund, but it's also the reference point for how much you can draw down from your fund if you don't want to commit to buying an annuity. What's causing these falling yields? Well, it's partly big investors moving money out of Eurozone bonds into safer UK gilts, but some say it's also the Bank of England's programme of quantitative easing, buying gilts to inject cash into the economy. So earlier this week, Joe spoke to Saga Director-General and former government pension advisor Dr Ros Altman and asked if this policy is now directly harming savers. There is no doubt in my mind that quantitative easing has directly negatively impacted the annuity market. And this, again, is something that I just feel policymakers have completely overlooked or ignored. And by buying gilts when it creates these billions of pounds of new money, the Bank of England has forced gilt yields artificially lower. And because annuities are priced relative to gilt yields, that means that anyone coming up for retirement wanting to buy an annuity has suddenly found that their lifetime income has been significantly reduced. Now, quantitative easing is supposed to be a temporary policy to stimulate the economy short term. But because they are buying gilts with the new money created, that actually means that anyone coming up for retirement and buying an annuity now 
is going to be permanently poorer for decades to come because of this temporary policy. And if you look at what's happened to gilt yields over the last few weeks and then you look at what's happened to annuity rates over the last few weeks, annuity rates are at record lows. So even someone who was planning their retirement a few weeks ago and got an annuity quote who wants to actually try and buy an annuity now will find that they get significantly less income permanently for the rest of their lives as a result of QE. So, Joe, Ros saying there that QE is directly responsible for these falls in pension income for so many savers. And now we've got the prospect of more QE. Yes, Ros was um, unequivocal that QE is directly responsible for driving down gilt yields, and that's why we're seeing low annuity rates. And yesterday, the Bank of England signalled that we're likely to see another fresh round of QE um, possibly next year, which which is, isn't looking good for anyone approaching retirement. Let's just explain um, how all of this fits together. Um, so there's buying of, of gilts, pushes up their price, depresses their yield. How does that um, directly affect the pensions that people can expect as they come to retire now? Well, the pension companies invest in these bonds and when the yield on the bond drops, the income subsequently that they offer to pensioners falls as well. I mean, that's what we're told. So that is the the chain of of events which leads to a a pensioner being offered less income month by month and that's what we're seeing. And and we've seen this now for a while. I mean, I I can remember back in uh, March, I think, the the amount of um, income you could get from an annuity or the amount amount you could take uh, from drawdown from your fund was much higher than it is now. How bad has the fall been? Well, what we've seen um, in April this year was that a male aged 65 with a £100,000 pension fund, when the gilt yield was 4%, could get about 6600 for the annual maximum uh, income limit. But in December, next month, from next month, with the gilt yield having dropped to a record low uh, at 2.5%, the, the same income for the same man will fall to 5600 So that's £1,000 less. That's the impact. And, of course, there have been other changes, haven't there, to the way in which um, drawdown from a pension fund works, which has further cut the income. Can you just explain uh, how that's uh, come about? Well, there's lots of factors affecting how income is priced for for anyone going into drawdown. Guilt yields are one of the factors. Others are fund size and your age. But there have been other outside Um, factors which have influenced income limits and the biggest one has been the cut to the income you could take out per year. The government used to be, prior to April this year, it used to be 120% of an equivalent annuity, so more generous than what you could get if you had locked into a rate for life, but that was reduced to 100 to level peg an annuity, meaning that there was no sort of advantage to going into drawdown. For most people who are sitting on uh, rates which were set years ago, they're going to face a very big shock with the cut in annual um, limit with the government's changes on top of these guilt yield falls. They will sometimes see about 50%. It's not unusual 
in, in their income limits. And I suppose that there are two sets of, of people who are going to be hit hard by this, and I just want to look at what options they have, if any. First of all, they're the people you mentioned who are already in drawdown, who are going to have the amount that they can draw reviewed, and they could see the amount they can take fall by 50%. Is there anything they can do? Well, once they're in drawdown, they're locked into drawdown, they could use part of their um, fund to buy an annuity if they wanted to lock into a secure income that would be an option for them. If you were approaching drawdown and looking at the options, one other possibility for you is flexible drawdown, which means if it'll mean you don't have any income limits, you won't be subject to uncertainty about where you're going to be in 12 months or three years at your next review. But to get into flexible drawdown, you do need to have £20,000 in additional secure income, and there are set um, types of income which can be considered for that option. So not everyone is going to qualify for that uh, more flexible form of drawdown. The second group of people I'm uh, thinking of are, are those who are planning on buying annuity uh, anyway, but they have found that the, the quote they're getting is much less than they'd expected. What's, what's the advice to them? OK. Um, firstly, they can just consider taking the ca- tax-free cash and sitting back and perhaps waiting to see what happens with with the annuity market. Perhaps there might be a kick a kicker again once the economy settles. Another option is to consider flexible annuities, which might give you five years, lock into a rate for five years so you're not sort of into a rate for life, which means you've got no flexibility at all. But what advisors are saying is to go and get financial advice, independent financial advice. Look at all your options. There are lots of different ways which you can boost your annuity income, either if you've got um, a health impairment that will enhance the rate that you're offered. If you're married, you should consider joint life as well to um, annuities, not forgetting that the income will pass on to your partner as well too. So don't rush into any decision until you've taken advice. Joe. thank you very much for that and uh, for an explanation of how capped drawdown works and the alternatives that are available. Make sure you read Joe's article in the money section of this weekend's FT and her more in-depth analysis on our website at ft.com forward slash money. Still to come on the show, what will Virgin buying Northern Rock do to savings and mortgage rates? First, though, fund charges. Earlier this week, officials from the Treasury and Financial Services Authority were given a presentation revealing how high hidden costs and unnecessary complexity have been destroying UK investors' returns. It showed that layers of process have been introduced when buying simple consumer investment products, each of which has piled costs onto the investor and created potential conflicts of interest. It concluded that the UK's fund management industry has completely lost sight of whose money it is actually investing. The man making the presentation is now urging the Chancellor to commission a complete review of the UK retail fund sector akin to the miners' review of institutional investment. And that man is David Norman of TCF, fresh from a room in Whitehall to our little studio here in the city. Um, David, what makes you think that the government is going to listen to you? Uh, I think the Treasury uh, is acutely aware of the issues. You've seen some of the initiatives around simple products, uh, money advice service, trying to encourage people. But I think the real big driver is final salary pension schemes are diminishing. There are now more defined contribution members than there are defined benefit members. So the return those investors are going to get is driven by those mutual funds and investments they're in. And if you look at 10-year rolling returns, so the returns over 10-year periods, 
over the last 20 years, they've dragged been coming down and down and down. Still beating inflation, but coming down. Costs, on average, have been going up. So you're at that curious tipping point where the industry, the government is saying, individual, take responsibility, and yet the return is getting worse. That That's an unsustainable proposition, because eventually the consumer is going to go, hang about government, you encourage me into the wrong thing. And, and that just isn't a sustainable policy. Uh, yeah, and the, wor- the worst possible combination of, yeah. uh, as you say, um, rising costs and, and, and falling returns. Now, um, I happen to agree with you mm. on this and, uh, and have, uh, have written on the issue of uh, hidden charges mm. and the lack of disclosure a number of times. But just um, to take the, the point of view of the industry, I'm going to play devil's advocate, yeah, if sure. you like, mm. a little. Um, lots of people I speak to will say, well, you, you get what you pay for. Cheap is not always best you know, if you if you if you buy a cheap car you 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 live in a cheap uh, flat and you eat cheap baked beans your life is not necessarily better <laughs> than, than someone else's and that's true in a lot of circumstances if you could see the cost of buying a fund and it was completely clear then you would have a better decision to be able to make that a better buying decision i mean the analogy the simple analogy i use is buying a car you can come or, or a fridge kind of almost any appliance you can look at it and say what's the price difference and what's the running cost? With a fund, you can see the price. You can't see the running cost. So how can I make a long-term decision when I actually don't know what the costs are going to be? I may decide to spend a little bit more on the running cost if I think I'm going to get a better performance. But without that information, how can I make that decision? Um, I also would contend uh, research from William Sharp in '97, research even as 2010 from Morningstar, who, who, who sponsor ratings, came up with the... Uh, amazing statement that cost is the best determinant of long-term performance. So start by picking on the picking the funds in in the lowest cost quintiles. If you think about it, it's obvious. You know, the less money you take out of your investment pot, the more money is going to be left. Um, if if you look at the industry, in the last ten years, retail funds have more than doubled in size in aggregate. The average fund size has more than doubled. So a fund was the average was one hundred and twenty odd million. It's now two hundred and fifty million. The fees the manager is taking out has gone from 1.9 million on average to 4.2 million on average. Where are the efficiencies of scale? I'm an investor. I'm putting my money together with other people to make it cheaper, and it's not getting cheaper. It, that's not working. It, 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 it would look like it's not working from the investor's point of view. The, the fund manager might say, and again, I, <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with this one, but I'll take their side. Um, the fund manager might say, well, our costs... Uh, have gone up because we get charged by all of these um, you know, other organisations that we that we have to use a percentage uh, amount. So our costs aren't fixed. Our costs are going up. We, we, we can't just absorb them. We've got to pass the costs on to the investor. And, and that's one of the issues which w- was common in, in the Paul Miners review and what we're calling for is, so who is the guardian? Who is the fiduciary that's actually looking after those interests? Uh, and one real concern we have is as you start to dig into these layers – you discover it's much more complex. In fact, there may be rebates that are being passed back, for example, soft commission, securities lending. So actually, it may not be in the fund manager's best interest to be giving you the best deal. So in whose interest is it? And and that's the real issue is every time there's this extra layer, there's a little bit more complexity and the opportunity for more, um, I don't know, chicanery. That needs to be sorted out and because if you don't sort it out and the costs keep going up and up and up and up, investors are going to go, I'm not going to invest anymore. I'm not going to bother to save because it's not working. And the curious thing is from the industry, 
if you, I, I did some numbers. If you if you reduce your annual management charge now and run the numbers forward for 20 years, because you've taken less out, there's more money left in the pot. So a lower annual management charge in the longer run means the industry gets paid more and the investor is richer. But that isn't um, what people are necessarily uh, doing now, or fund managers aren't, aren't uh, doing that. Um, you mentioned the miners' um, review mm. just now. Um, you're calling for something similar. Yeah. Um, how are you going to actually get this to happen? How are you, how are you going to get the, the Treasury, the Chancellor, whoever, to actually grasp this, uh, this problem? It's a good question. I, I think there is, as I mentioned again, there's a growing understanding of, of the need... Uh, and in all, and a lot of the, the, the work that Mark Hoban has been talking about, the, the need to encourage long-term saving. And, unless you've got those fundamental principles that I can actually trust the thing that I'm going to end up investing in in place, it's not going to work. If, in essence, you can end up with a situation where you know, the simple product idea is poisoned by what's going underneath. That needs to be reviewed. And I think there's... I think there's a good understanding that the financial future of the nation is, is really important and this needs sorting out. And just finally, what, what, what are you doing next to try to bring this about? Um, it, it's a good question. We'll, we'll keep nudging, to kind of use the, 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 the in-phrase. Um, it's, in, it's interesting that uh, since we've, we, we've been raising the issue of costs and transparency for some time, m- more and more people in the industry are giving us encouragement and saying, and by the way, you need to look at this. So I think there's a growing realisation, and we are at that tipping point. That's going to be the thing that really tips it over. Oh, we'll, we'll reconvene uh, in a year's time and see if anything has really changed. Um, thanks very much for that, David. And if you'd like to uh, to read uh, David's analysis of the complexity and the hidden costs in fund management and indeed his proposals in uh, a letter to the Chancellor, I'll be including some of this in my column in the money section of this weekend's FT and on the website at ft.com forward slash money. And finally today, high street banking. This week, more than four years since the collapse of Northern Rock caused savers to camp out on the pavement to withdraw their cash, the now nationalised bank is to be sold to Virgin Money. So when the deal is done at the end of the year, will it become the bank that savers flock to? Looking at the rates that Virgin currently offers on instant access savings accounts and cash ISAs, this seems a little unlikely. Like many new entrants to the banking sector, its products are not very competitive right now. Last week, for example, the FT revealed that the new Metro Bank had issued just 100 mortgages in 15 months. Elaine, we've been digesting the the news about uh, the the Virgin deal to buy Northern Rock. Um, Do you think it's going to encourage other new banks to compete I do, and I think that other banks have already been competing very strongly with new banks. It's very difficult right now in this environment for a new bank to come onto the UK high street and start competing with some of these enormous rivals, Lloyds, RBS, Barclays. So what we've seen actually in the last few months is that providers like Halifax and Santander have been coming out with these amazing innovative savings products you know this one that paid upfront interest as soon as you put your money in exactly Mm. so for a for a small bank coming in relying on retail deposits in order to lend out money it's basically got a very slim chance of offering rates that can compare and is that the reason then that uh, 
you look at the at the interest rate tables, the best buys, you don't see these new names anywhere near the top. You do not. We are looking at this in this week's FT Money and Metro Banks. You said before they've they've only offered one hundred mortgages so far. People are still talking about that. I mean, that was a absolutely extraordinary piece of news to come out. Their savings rate you can get one percent, so it's not the worst, but it's also certainly not the best. That's instant access. As that's well, instant yeah. access. If we look at Virgin, that's zero point one percent for Cash ISA and instant access. So it's it's nothing. If you look at Tesco, that's 2.8%. So that's a little bit better. But obviously, Tesco doesn't have a high street presence. Um, so Aldermore, 2.85%. They're not the best. Not all of them are the worst. What the new banks try to do is say that they are not necessarily competing on rates. They're trying to offer a different sort of service. So a more personable, accessible service on the high street to customers. And Metro Bank actually says that that has been successful insofar as they're actually attracting higher net worth clients. So that's interesting. But we have to take their word for that. Yes. Well, they're, they're attracting them through the door. They're just not lending them any money. Dog biscuits, perhaps. Oh, yes, of course. That's what they famously offer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you think there's an element of um, uh, Virgin Money having kept its powder dry uh, un- until it was able to secure this deal to buy Northern Rock, and now it will start to offer better rates once it's done perhaps. the deal? It's absolutely fascinating timing, isn't it? And what this means for the future, whether this is the start of you know the, the private sector taking back these banks that were nationalised, and this means that... There's more competition on the high street. That's what a lot of commentators this morning have been saying. This is brilliant. It's fantastic. We need more names out there. We need more choice for consumers. But then on the um, slightly more negative side, it's been pointed out that even through the purchase of Northern Rock, the new Virgin Money will still be a very small contender. It won't be able to compete on the same sort of scale as the large banks out there. So whether it will be able to bump up its rates, it seems likely. It seems that Northern Rock is offering about 2.65% on its cash ISA. I don't think it's customers would be very happy if they were taken down to the Virgin Money, not 0.1%. But I don't know whether it means that Virgin Money will bump up and become a rival. Who knows? Yes. And I I suppose the point you make is is a good one. Virgin Money will, it'll get, what, 75 branches? um, And it said it won't close any of them so so far. And it says it may actually increase the number of branches if it can, if the growth plans go to plan. So there, there may be more, but it will still be a small player up against uh, the, 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 the big established giants. Um, but uh, just finally, the, the people that you've been speaking to um, today, I mean, uh, do they think that um, that savers will feel better about being with Virgin Money than with, than with Northern Rock? Or do you think that they got used to the idea of Northern Rock being, you know, HM government Backed savings? by the government, yeah. absolutely, like NSNI, the yeah. very popular idea of being backed by government money. Virgin is a really strong brand, isn't it? It's it's such a small contender. I don't it know has, why. I know, it has <laughs> credit cards. It's Richard Branson, isn't it, I think, uh, his personality. But possibly. it's got credit cards, it's got two very poor savings accounts. That's about it. It's, you know, it's not, it's got a few loans as well. So, but somehow Virgin Money is something that people know a lot about. And so the whole of Northern Rock will now be rebranded as Virgin Money. And people I spoke to have said that's not necessarily a bad thing. They don't expect that Northern Rock customers will feel sort of bad about that because, of course, Virgin Money wasn't really tainted by the financial crisis. We didn't see Richard Branson hauled up in front of Parliament having to explain himself, as we saw some of the other chief executives. So there's a sort of feeling that this is a fresh start, perhaps, on the high street for banks, and that's a good thing. It could be a good thing. We will we'll watch those rates with, uh, uh, with interest um, when they get published, I imagine, towards the end of the year or early in the new year. For, for now, Elaine, thank you very much indeed. And uh, for a comparison of how Virgin Money's uh, rates at the moment compare with other new banks, 
and what might happen to rates for Northern Rock customers, make sure you read Elaine's article in the money section of this weekend's FT. That's all we have time for in this week's FT Money Show. Remember, you will find all of these stories, plus daily news updates, blog posts and top tips on our website, ft.com forward slash money. And you can follow our, I suppose, award-winning uh, tweets uh, at uh, twitter.com forward slash FT Money, as well as my colleagues' individual uh, personal Twitter feeds. And if you'd like us to answer any uh, question that you might have about an aspect of your finances, just email us uh, the usual address, ask at FT. T.com. Next week, we'll bring you another financial lowdown in downloadable form. But until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Elaine, Joe and our special guest, David Norman of TCF Investments. Goodbye. This is the Financial Times podcast in association with City Index. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.